All right, we're back with the Shorts and Goggles podcast. RJ Liggins, Kevin Reed here. Um, had a lot of basketball news happening, but we decided to go with a different direction. It's kind of a nice thing about this time of year is you get a chance to kind of think outside the box, still talk about basketball, but talk about it in a, in a way that might be a little bit off the beam path. Um, Kev, how are you doing today? Well, there wasn't basketball news until... Until, like, yeah, yeah. Today. We literally were texting each other, like, what should we podcast about? And it's like, I don't know, man, nothing's really happening. Let's, yeah. let's do this idea. And then literally the next morning at like 7 a.m. is when the news rolled in. That's how 2018 works. That's how it works. So we'll we'll probably touch on Kawhi and DeMar. We'll, we'll probably get to that. Uh, but what we're doing today is basically we're taking our favorite storylines, our favorite things that have ever happened in NBA history. And essentially what we're doing is we're coming down with a list of what we wish was a 30 for 30 type of documentary. So um, pretty much what inspired this idea was Denzel being on the Simmons podcast talking about He Got Game, which led to us talking about basketball movies, which led to us talking about, well, what kind of real life things could be a movie sort of thing. So that's where we're at. So Kev, how do we want to do we want to do this? I, well, I just want to say this is I for you're a creative guy. Uh, indeed, I like um, to think so. Anyway, yeah, uh, this is a this is a fun exercise. Um, I can't guarantee, although I tried to look up whether these had been made into documentaries already, right? Or at the very least, I tried to note where maybe there was. Remember that ESPN series Sports Century? Yes. So, like a couple of these, you mean pre E sixty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like okay, that had been a Sports Century right. episode or something like that. So. I got a couple. Yeah, couple where it's like maybe like those too, exist, yeah. but we're talking about wide released, mm-hmm. kind of the, like the modern feel of the documentary. Because I feel like documentaries have improved drastically in like the last this century. Absolutely, yeah. So a modern documentary, wide release, whether it's on ESPN, an HBO, a Netflix, some, something yeah. like that. Yep, Amazon Prime. Pretty much anyone willing to cut the check. Yeah, you know, sponsor us. We'll we'll shout them out too. You exactly. Know? Vimeo or whatever, yeah, we'll, we'll shout y'all out too. So, all right, do you want to? Do you just want to run through all your honorable mentions? I'll run through mine, or do you want to alternate the honorable mentions? We can. Do, I have two, so okay. we can go. How many do you have? I don't know. I'm like still making cuts to this oh list. This, this list was pretty tough, so I'll let you go first. Okay, so my my two then. Yeah. All right, my two honorable mentions. I wanted to put up as honorable mentions because um, they had been they've been done and. I don't think they can be remade, but I want to give them a shout out and maybe advocate for like either seeing them or it's wide release. Mm. So my first thought as I was brainstorming this was, I love Arvidas Sabonis. <laughs> the guy. I yes. love Arvidas Sabonis. <laughs> I was like, they should really do an Arvidas Sabonis doc. Down with that. But the other dream team is so excellent. It's a really good one. It's so I have to shout out the other dream team for being an excellent documentary. That is a really and good it, one. Yeah, that kind of takes care of Arvidas. It kind of it it yeah. kind of does as far as like the Arvidas that a lot of people didn't get a chance to really see. Yes. Yeah, and it kind of like fills a lot of gaps in that regard. That's a good that's a good shout out though though. Yeah. So honorable mention to the other dream team if you haven't seen it. Very good. Which one. which covers a Arvidas who's a fascinating story. Oh, uh, he was at one time um, the like best player in the world yes that a lot of people were like yeah this guy a lot of people never saw him but like no. the people that did were like 
This guy's seven three. He's basically Joel Embiid, but like Lithuanian. Yeah. And in the seventy or in the eighties. And a Joel Embiid that doesn't come to America until he's at the very least like at 35, the end of like it passes yeah. prime. Thirty five already had knee surgery. His prime yeah. is in the age of like bad Soviet video. And then he came over here and still whooped that ass. Yep. So yes. I love it. Arvidas above yep. us. Nice. And then the other one, so mandatory shout out to Sonic Skate. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's it's hap- it they have shown it on ESPN Classic. It started out as like an internet thing. Right. And it's gained pull from there. So, you know, I was thinking it was like, well, they could do something about the Sonics and them as a thirty for thirty. But I can't knock Sonicsgate. It's 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 an excellent documentary also. So I'm just using this honorable mention time to say, can we put it on can we get Sonicsgate on Netflix? Can we get mm-hmm. Can we get it on some platform beyond like ESPN Classic randomly every now and then? I like that. Those are my two honorable mentions. I got an honorable mention that I think kind of feeds into that, but also too, I feel like this one it's not it's not ready yet. It's in like the baby stages of its development, but it's gonna be one that we're for sure gonna be watching a few years from now, and that's the story of the young OKC trio of MVPs. Like how like how else do you have three MVPs on the same team? at the same time and they all go off and win MVPs without each other it's like it's gonna be a pretty crazy story but that kind of feeds because I was trying to figure out the whole Sonics angle of that too and like the whole um, Hurricane Katrina the Hornets playing in Oklahoma City like and that's kind of what bursts that whole idea and then you get these three superstars so that was kind of that's an idea of a of a 30 for 30 that's like it's there but it's not quite there yet like we still need a couple more years give it a decade yeah we need some resolutions on some careers yep Yep. uh then other honorable mention i had which um i don't know if i would watch like a full like hour hour and a half documentary on this but i think this would be like a cool like 30 minute or 40 minute 45 minute type of uh doc is talking about Wyden and kennedy who are the advertising agency that works with nike um and just kind of talk about just all the cool shit that nike was doing with their commercials from jordan to um was it the free was it the freestyle or whatever it was the what was the dribbling commercial i forget oh it's just jordan dribbling no 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 i was talking about the there's like a like a nike freestyle or something like that it's like when m1 streetball was like really popular and it's just a bunch of guys in like a dark room just like doing a bunch of cool dribbling tricks I don't know. It I was, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like a thing. But, like, you know, just talking about, like, the Nike commercials and the evolution and kind of innovation behind them. Um, another one that I had was uh, Marv Albert's Greatest Hits, where you just... Oh! You, I, that was, that made the cut. Like, or that did not make the cut. That was like... Yeah. Oh, that was like, Dickie V's complaining that didn't make the tournament in, yeah. on my list. <laughs> Dickie like, V complaining he is upset. the tournament. He, he is upset. The RPI was really <laughs> strong. He is mad. I cut that. I cut a Marv Albert documentary. Yes, maybe twenty like minutes ago. So like he has it. seen so much basketball. He has seen, he has seen it all. So yeah. and his personal life is interesting too. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, and then shot. So a couple other ones I got. I got Hoya Paranoia. Um, Seven Seconds or Less Sons. That's on mine. The lockout season of '99. I just feel like 
there's probably a lot of stuff that nobody knows about that I feel like could be interesting. We'll be shoehorned into one of mine later. Okay. Wizards MJ, I feel like could be interesting. Dig it. In honor of our last podcast, just Pat Riley just fucking talking for an hour and a half. That's my number 10. Like, literally nobody else is a documentary. It's just Pat Riley in a dark room. That's not quite... Hello, Scotch. <laughs> I basically, for my number 10, I basically said, see our last podcast. <laughs> no, absolutely. So I like the angle, though, of just like Pat Riley doing Pat Riley things. Just Pat Riley Support with just like completely. a bottle of Scotch. You're just getting like progressively more and yes. more Pat Riley. Yes. Um, History of basketball video games, again, I think would be kind of a cool like short. Just kind of like the evolution from NBA Jam to 2K and just kind of everything that goes with that. Um, this one was probably the hardest cut i had to make though um so i just wanted like a full-blown no holds barred like drag all the skeletons out the closet documentary about the Shaq and kobe era in la let's just get every crazy story out there that we can but i just feel like i feel like we know too much about it and like people aren't trying to revisit that again they're on good terms they're it's not gonna they happen. They kind of did that with their little sit down. Yeah, but even then, you could tell they were kind of like, you know, right. like we've talked about this before. It was just like Shaq definitely takes kind of the brunt of it. Yeah, and, he you does. know, that'll come up in one of mine later. Yeah, we need like a little bit some more uh, some more perspectives, I think, on that one. Sure. So, so he said number ten was see our last podcast, which I agree. The 2011 just this, the solo basketball documentary for sure. Yeah. If that doesn't get made into a documentary, somebody needs to get fired. Agreed. Yeah. So let's that's get my, on that's that. my number ten. All right, number ten. If I had to, I didn't rank these, but I'll go with the to tie it into our Vita Sabonis uh, a documentary on the Jailblazers. That's my number eight. Okay. So why? What, like, why is the Jailblazers a documentary that we need to see? Well, first of all, when I was doing some research, it sounded like, it, at least in 2017, it was in the works. That's what I thought, too. I read yeah. something from the Oregonian that was like, Bonzi Wells, Sheed, Mighty Mouse, we're all going to be a part of something. Yeah. And then I haven't seen any production updates since then. No. So I don't know what happened to the Jailblazers project, but did they... They haven't. There was a year or two where they didn't make the playoffs, but for a while there, the Blazers were the longest running, yeah, consecutive playoff streak team. Well, that's the thing. They didn't. They didn't start missing the playoffs until they blew up the Joe Blazers. Yes. So they blew that up, and then that's when they started missing the playoffs. Right. So like the whole '90s, yep. a good chunk of the 2000s, even. Yep. Portland's making the playoffs consistently, mm-hmm. and they're kind of back to that now. They're like, okay, we're Portland. We're gonna perennial, make the playoffs. Yeah. Perennial mid tier. Playoff team, team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so much personality on that team. Cast of characters is unreal. When you watch, speaking of, um, well, I don't know. Did Marv Albert? No, that's Bob Costas, Bryant, to Shaq. Yep. But yeah, with like, Costas, like yeah. that game, for example, like mm-hmm. that Blazers team is a really good basketball team. Really good. You talk about the turn. We in the last pod, we just were talking about. The turning point in NBA history um, that took place in 2011, like you could say that the Game Seven of Western Conference Finals was a turning point in NBA history, as unquestionably. Because well. I mean, the Lakers were going to, going to lose that game. Yeah, they're gonna blow everything up. Like Shaq's career could be totally different. Kobe's career could be totally different. The Blazers probably would have won the championship. Probably, they probably beat that Pacers team. And then they're probably not the Joe Blazers. So. You know, there's a lot of different things that, that go on with that. But yeah. A I lot mean, of guys, Yeah, you know, we, we spoke also about, like, 
that Mavericks team had a lot of guys who finally got one. Yeah. Sheed gets one later, of course, yes. but that a lot of guys on that team, it's like they finally would get one. Mm-hmm. The six eight great from Michigan State would finally get one. Yeah. Like well, my, he's another one that eventually gets his, but Oh, he does with the Spurs. With the right? Spurs, yeah. yeah, we forget about that, but but still, man. Um, Mighty Mal, like, there's a, a whole group of guys that very much are... They're, that basketball team is of a certain time. Yeah. That basketball team screams early 2000s NBA. Absolutely. They, um, in a lot of ways, too, they were, like, the, the predecessors to the NBA image issue, too. Yes. Like, because they were, they like, Rashid and Damon were the first guys to start wearing cornrows and having, like, tattoos and stuff like that. And it's funny because this is all happening in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think really for me, like, one, like you were saying, like, that team is is arguably, I think it's, like, in the top five, maybe even the top three uh, teams, like, best teams to not win a title. That 2000s team, yes. they're up there. They're up there. And But I think you hit it on the head, though, man. It's just a cast of characters, like... Especially once you start getting into like when they really start being the Jail Blazers, yes. and you add like Quintel Woods and Ruben Patterson and Zach Randolph, like that is a a fucking and Mo Cheeks gets involved. It is Dude. wild, man. What a t- it was great living in Portland during that time, man. What a time to be alive. What a time. What a time to be alive. Uh. Um. All right, so we got, so we already knocked out your ten and your eight. You want to hit your number nine? Yeah. So, in contrast to the Jail Blazers, John Wooden. <laughs> you mean the guy that's had like nine million books written yes. about him? Yes. So that's the thing. There's, Wait, he doesn't have a documentary about him. They're all like, there's a Sports Century. Okay. There's this one. It looked like it was well produced, but it's like only on a website. Right. So almost like my honorable mentions. Can we like? Can we do like a bigger something? There's there's yeah. I feel like it's about time. There's. There's enough of that. There's, like, a PBS thing. There's a bunch of, like... There's... Yes, it exists about John Wooden. And as you said, there's a thousand books, because that guy was a prolific writer. And lived to be a hundred, almost. Uh, yeah, just about... Yeah, so... It... The... I have the Seth Davis book. I... I think I stopped reading after, like, a third. That's another one of, like, the thousands of books I have that I'm, like, a quarter to a third of the way done with. Story of life. Yeah, yeah, I I need to finish it, but... Something, a final project on John Wooden. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, if we're going to do, like, a massive Jordan documentary for Netflix or whatever, like, it makes sense. Like, John Wooden crossed paths with so many different people. He was very, um, I mean, he still has, like, a very strong presence in college basketball. Like, yeah. Still. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think it's time we, we do something tidy and, and real, really blow Big. it up. Yeah. Blow it up for John. Blow it up for John. Um, number nine, I'll go with, um, oh, this was an idea I had. It's not a, it's not a biography by any, or a documentary by any means, but I'm ready for the J.R. Smith biopic starring Jesus Nice okay. as J.R. Smith. Okay. <laughs> Someone cut the check, make it happen, someone out in Hollywood, so just th- do it. This is the thing that Bill was talking about on one of his pods. Hmm. Is the story better as a doc or as a miniseries or as a movie? And Ooh. he said that's something that they did at ESPN yeah. when he was there. And even now that he's doing with HBO, they take a story and it's like, well, how would this work as one of these formats? And mm. is, it, is it better, like you said, to have almost like a biopic? Is it better to have something as a miniseries? 
is it better to have something as a just a straight documentary? So to bounce that off you, I think The Wooden would be an awesome series. Yeah. Because it's just, there's so much stuff there's that happens in his lifetime. He crosses paths with so many people. Yeah. I think that'd make a almost a better series. I, I think so. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so number nine, what I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Tim Donaghy scandal. We'll come back to that in mind later. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so there is a book. Uh, I forget what it. I forget what the book is called, but um, it's an interesting book though. So it was, it was a solid read. I feel like it should be made into a documentary. It never will. There's no way they'll ever allow that <laughs> to happen. But yeah. I, I see you could. I'm gonna hold my comments. Right. <laughs> it's go, coming. I'll jump to. I'll jump to number eight. Yeah. Um, number eight, let's go ahead and go with next town, Larry Brown, just kind of to go with John Wood. And he's a guy that, uh, as a coach crosses paths with so many different kinds of people. Um, I think most famously he he's, he's with Iverson during the height of his powers. Mm-hmm. He coaches the absolute just nightmare of an Olympic team. Yes. He wins the championship with the Pistons. Yes. Uh, he's also the only coach to win a national title in college and the NBA. Right, Kansas, right? Yep, at Kansas. So, uh-huh. so yeah, he does the college to the pros, back to, can back to college, constantly just always on the move. And I think it'd be like you, you know the have you seen the Ric Flair thirty for thirty? Yes. So I think it would be like it would be like that. I don't know what your take was on that, but that was like a weird documentary kind of watch. Because it was just like, there's just kind of like undertone to it the whole time. And I feel like you can get a lot of great Larry Brown content with kind of that same sort of feel of just like, like I can't tell if this guy is just like always in the wrong situation or if he's self-sabotaging himself. He's an interesting character. You almost want to like Oliver Stone it. Almost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's got to be, because as as, if the nickname is Next Town Larry Brown, mm-hmm. this guy bounced and... It's weird because he's an excellent basketball coach. Yeah. His teams won yeah. wherever he went. But he always like left to the place being burnt to the ground. Yeah, almost never. He never left. Yeah. He was the opposite of a Boy Scout. He never left a place better than he found it. Right. And then I think he's kind of a lot like Flair in this sense, too, of like he is just a lifer. Like he's just still in, in, the, he's still in the game. He's still, he don't know why. I don't even think he really knows why. And it'd be like one of those weird documentaries where as he's talking throughout it, he's like kind of discovering stuff about himself. And I think it would be really fascinating. Like just a really fascinating look on, like you said, a brilliant, iconic coach that is just like, does he have demon, personal demons? Is he just like, just a shitty dude? Like what, what is this guy's deal exactly? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like I said, there's a lot of cast of characters that have com- come through and crossed paths with them that could provide some excellent, I think, insight on, on Larry Brown. Yeah. So my seven is fittingly seven seconds or less. Mm-hmm. And I have not read Jack McCallum's book, have you? I, ha- I haven't, but I haven't got a chance to read it yet. Okay, so SI writer Jack McCallum was going to spend only the preseason with the team, mm-hmm. but then spends the entire 06, 07, 05, 06, one of the two. It's one of the national MVP years, for sure. Yeah, that he, he spends the whole season with the Spurs, so he's like embedded I with the Spurs. I think it's 05, 06. It is, from what, I, from what I can tell, just, again, I haven't read it, yeah. it sounds almost like Friday Night Lights in that way, where like a guy's embedded with the team throughout. Yeah. right. And, I mean, 
there's a, there's enough there because Mike D'Antoni's still relevant. Mm-hmm. It's the future of basketball right. is ba- is based on that team. Steve Nash is really interesting, mm-hmm. and you you could do it up like Friday Night Lights in a way. I'm almost thinking now that we're we're talking this out, whether it would be better as a movie, whether it, that would be. Which Friday Night Lights was an excellent movie. Right. Moneyball, kind of a similar thing. Right. I think would be a a contemporary to this. Who would you? So let's let's cast it out. Let's okay. flesh this out. Okay. Who would play? Wow. Dead Tony. Uh. Gotta have someone kind of older. But like, Dead Tony's like oddly charismatic. Yeah. For a coach, he's a pretty pretty charismatic dude. I don't know, man. That'd be like a would be a good one for that. I don't know. I'm stressed. I can't do this. Because now all I'm thinking about is Billy Bob Thornton and Friday Night Lights. But like, right? I mean, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of characters in that that you could definitely cast for like an acting role. Like, you know, I think the Steve Nash part could be really interesting, especially like, yeah, especially. So, would the movie be the whole era of that, or would it be the full just that season? I think it's that season specific. That's how the that's how the book would be. So. I like that because in the first round you get like Kobe when he's at his like peak Terminator. You get the I think the Spurs are involved in there. Yeah, somewhere. and like Friday Night Lights, they don't win. Yeah, which is always cool. Always cool. Yeah, I like stories where it's not a happy ending. I like that. I can get down with that. Yeah, as a doc. Yeah, as a documentary, I don't know how interesting that would be because if you did so, if you did a doc, you would have to do the whole era. You know, yeah, you would, would have to give it more context. You'd have to go probably from like oh five oh six. Well, even then, Maybe you probably gotta like yeah, go. You probably have to that. give D'Antoni some backstory. D'Antoni. You'd have to give Nash some backstory. Well, that's what makes Nash's MVPs like so in that run so incredible is the backstory behind it. How he even got to Phoenix in the first yes. place, where Cuban didn't want to worry about the insurance on on his back because Steve's back was shot allegedly. Yep. Um. Yeah, so like if you did if you did the doc, you would have to you would have to spend like probably a good decade, like. And I don't know if that holds up. So I like this as a feature film. I like that too. Let's let's you know we, we'll we'll lock ourselves in a room one night and, and just bang that out. We right have to then. read the book and then <laughs> we should probably read the book. We'll start by <laughs> yeah. re- we'll start by reading the book. We should probably read the book. Yeah. Um. All right. My next one is um, the Redeem Team. So I know Nike. That's my number five. Yeah, I knew. I had a feeling we were going to be yeah, on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. So I know Nike did that series uh, where the, it was like a multi part or multi episode series, uh, Road to Redemption. It's on YouTube uh, if you want to watch it. It's pretty cool. So basically, it's a series, a doc series that talks about uh, U.S. basketball, kind of starting from the very beginning, like from the Dream Team all the way up to the. Um, at, is it Athens where they just shit the bed? Greece? Uh, let's see. That, is, that would be Athens, yes. Yeah, so yeah. talk about Athens just shit in the bed and how pretty much after that happens, they just throw the whole system out the window and start from scratch with uh, Colangelo and Krzyzewski um, and basically just start all over with how they run USA basketball and how they turn it into an actual program instead of like a glorified all-star team. And it, it leads up to um, the right before the Beijing games when they actually get the team together and they're training, going through camp. It kind of shares some like backstory on how like different guys got there, um, just how the team is like different than all the other teams because you got um, Wade, Bosch, and uh, 
Wade, Bosch, and LeBron, who are all on, or Wade and, oh, and Melo, too. So you got three out of those four played in the previous Olympics in 04, and they were part of that disaster. So now they're playing on their redemption there. Um, and also, too, that's now that we know in hindsight, that was where the seeds were planted for all of them to play together in Miami. And there's just a lot of, uh, you know, you got uh, the Spain-USA gold medal game, which is a super climat- super climactic game. We've talked about it before on the pod, just how that game came down to the wire, and it was like a real gut check time uh, for America. American basketball, you know, we're looking at possibly losing two straight Olympics in a row. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's just... It's just a cool, cool story. If you watch the miniseries on uh, YouTube, you'll you'll definitely see like there's a lot of footage that they can already use, and then a lot of footage that they probably didn't use, and you can look back yeah. on and, and comment on. Agreed. It there's a lot to it. You you covered it. So that was, yeah, that was number five for you. That was number five for me. Okay, gotcha. So I have my six. Okay. So <laughs> Kobe Bryant by Kobe Bryant. <laughs> It's got to come from his, like, Muse Cage factory. It's got to be weird. It's, Isn't that what Muse is kind of? It, well, it, I want him looking at everything. Oh, so not about basketball. I want Kobe Bryant by Kobe Bryant. Oh, my Lord. Like, I want it all. And I want, but I want it to be weird. Yeah. So I want some trippy cartoons i want i want some muppets you want basically i want fantasia i want kobe Kobe fantasia i have i said kobe bryant documentary only if kobe makes it himself (laughs) no other input whatsoever that's right it's got to be kobe's and like it would be weird it would be funny it would be grandiose So do you, so you want him talking about like his whole life or do you want him talking about like literally anything just his like, life. I want his life. His life. Yeah. As told by Kobe Bryant. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Muse is kind of like that, but you could tell, like, they kind of reined it in a little. Uh, yeah. Like, he, he wanted it to get weird, but they, they kind of reined it in. I want it weird. Weirder? I want it yeah. weird. I want it absolutely weird. What would that... I'm trying to think of what that would look like if it's just, like, fucking just, like... Like, how does... Like, what really is, like, his view on things like of his view on his life you know because there's like there's media trained kobe yeah who knows how to like and if there's one thing you gotta give kobe props on the dude knows how to spin a narrative and he knows how to to tell a story and be very uh constructive in that sense of, of being in control of what's yeah. being told but what is yeah i agree with you like what how does he actually giant asterisks to this because he said muse is like what the like oh okay we we edited this yeah. I want Kobe Bryant unleashed. Right. That's true, yeah, because Muse was supposed to be like your your traditional documentary with all these different interviews and stuff like that. It's where yeah. Steve Nash famously called him a motherfucking asshole when asked to describe him. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, Kobe basically scrapped that and was like, ah, nope, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to ISO this yep. and, and do that. So that's what I want. Okay, which is more Muppets. I want Muppets. <laughs> what, is, what do you think is next for Kobe? What's the next project he's going to do? He's having a lot of success with these, like, play breakdowns. Yeah. I think he's going to keep that going. Yeah, it's not a bad hustle. I, did you see the, like, the clip of the Trey Young one today? No. It was... I Someone's made this comment on either basketball Twitter or, or, like, a podcast somewhere. But it's like, you know, Kobe Bryant, we're kind of... <laughs> when you see him break it down, it's kind of like 
obvious. Yeah. But all these NBA players are like, oh, man, that's really profound. Like, Kobe basically broke down, like, how to read a pick and roll for Trey Young. Wow. He's like, he's like, now, Trey, if the big guy's hands are down, you should lob it into him. If, if they're covered, you should swing it to the corner, and then they'll feed it to him. And guess what, Trey? If you swing it to the corner throw it into him and the help guy collapses you kick it to the other corner and then like trey young on twitter is like i'm listening man like <laughs> i mean like what else is he supposed to say he's supposed to be like someone's made this i'm, I'm like, not thanks, this dog. is not an original yeah. thought of mine yeah. but it's like you know kobe's doing this but it's like it's not rocket science yeah it's just that it's kobe Bryant doing it so it's really cool yeah exactly he's got cool Which music cool. in the background yeah it is cool i feel it yeah uh what else do i got man fuck Malice in the Palace. Uh, this one probably should have ranked a little higher for me, but yeah, Malice in the Palace. Just, just like, oh, have you read the oral history on uh, Grantland? No. So Grantland, shout out to them. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, what a yeah, what a fucking travesty that was. Mm-hmm. Can't believe he just pants shut that down. Anyways, they had a great oral history on the Malice of the Palace, uh, where you got just. Um, it was, uh, when was this, like, 10 years after it happened or something like that? So it came out in 2014. Oral history is fantastic. If you haven't read it, I'm, I'm sure it's on Google somewhere. Check yeah. it out. But you just, like, people's, like, react. This is probably, like, I was trying to think of, like, what is, like, the craziest thing that happened in the NBA and in, in since, you know, or whatever time. Because, you know, the thing is with doing this exercise, you had to really think about, recent kind of stories because all the old stories are have already kind of been done there's really not a whole lot to really dig up in that regard so it's like what's something semi-recent but has as enough distance to it you know that you can make something compelling of it and i was like the mouse of the palace is yeah easy one that is an easy one i'm surprised that hasn't happened well i'm sure (laughs) that's one of the things the nba wants to bury (laughs) yeah i'm sure like i mean but here's the thing i feel like recently a lot more people talk about it like a lot more openly yeah like you know steven jackson's been on espn and he's talked about it multiple times yeah and there's been um i I think a nice broadening of the picture with it yes like it's like yeah this guy threw a beer yeah like it, it it's not as like clear cut as the initial reaction was in what 2004 yeah where i was like oh my gosh which there was also a lot of like undercurrents that kind of went with how that oh, was reported yeah there's yeah, un- yeah undercurrents, undercurrents. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of undercurrents a lot of undercurrents and yeah. you know i think like you said i think there's a, a grander perspective on it and also too you know that was another turning point in the, in the nba like a lot of things changed after that did the dress code come out of that yep dress code was after that undercurrents undercurrents exactly um but even then you know that was pretty much like the complete downfall of the indiana pacers that too and uh because that team was the best team in the league when that happened god they were you know what let's put that on here and i know and i stayed away from the pacers because of um winning time yeah but a great one there's a 10-year period where indiana's like good enough to win a title and they don't and they just never do yeah, it's crazy. There's like three different like inter- iterations of it. There's like the '98 team, which they had a great shot at beating the Bulls in yep. a seven game series. They lost in Game Seven. 
2000, they make the finals and, you know, just kind of, that's like a really close series. Mm-hmm. They had, they kind of had a couple things not break their way and the Lakers were just too talented. And then probably 2004, that was the their next team. And even earlier, those winning time, like yeah, the Jordan like gone years. Yeah, like 95, yeah. So, is that, I mean, that all kind of coincides with Reggie. But so is like is that a Reggie Miller doc or is that an Indiana Pacers doc? Because Winning Time is definitely a Reggie doc. Winning Time is a Reggie doc. I think uh, I stayed away from it because of the Reggie. Like it's like we've kind of done Reggie Miller. Yeah. But um, and I want I have one coming up here that I think could be done similarly would be where it would be about the pacers it'd be a look at the era okay of pacer basketball was is this another one that maybe would be better as a series i don't know if i'd watch a series about the indiana pacers especially when they lose every single time i don't know if i'd watch (laughs) that that's true you gotta have like the one breakthrough at least like the one breakthrough season at least to make that worthwhile yeah yeah okay no i like it Uh uh-huh uh is that where are we at? Uh, so five was my redeem team. Gotcha. We we spoke about that. Um. Oh, I even thought of a working title for this one. So okay. check this one. All right. Same idea as kind of the Larry Brown one. It's called Cur Your Enthusiasm. We talk about all the past that Steve. I Kerr- love you. I love you so much. <laughs> book it right now. Yeah, book it. Cut the check. Um, NBA Entertainment, get on this. No. Wow. Steve Kerr has had one of the most like just submersive, just insane, like improbable life. lives. Yeah, we, like I wasn't even thinking about his life. Bro, his life is pretty wild. His father's assassinated. Yeah, due to a terrorism attack. Yeah, it's crazy. Like. What? Yeah. But then, yeah, he just is this kind of, like, plucky, just guard out of Arizona. Kind of just bounces around for a few years. He crosses paths with, uh, like, Mark Price and that really good Cleveland team. Crosses paths with Shaq in Orlando. Crosses paths with the GOAT. Crosses paths with Tim Duncan and Popovich. And then goes and coaches a juggernaut. Bro, what a fucking life. <laughs> like. Wow. And it's like, it's Steve Kerr's another guy that's just super charismatic. He's got, he's super media trained, so he knows how he to... He was in the media. He was in the media, yes. One of the best color guys He was out the there. best commentator, he too. He was the best, yeah. He best was... coach, best commentator. Mm-hmm. Hell, the Suns, when he was the GM there, he did a pretty good job as the GM. Not bad. It was not a bad run. He, he took him to the Western Conference Finals yeah. as a GM. He did. All right. I'm just saying, man, like, cut the check. We can get a lot of musings on Steve Kerr from all kinds of Tim Duncan, Pop, Jordan. We can finally hear Jordan's side of the story about punching Steve Kerr, Phil. I mean, there's there's a lot of characters in there, man. Even the Warriors now. You can get a lot of good stuff. I'm ashamed I didn't think of that. No, I, no it was literally the last thing I wrote down, and I even thought of the title, too. I forgot how I came up with it. That's incredible. I was quite proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was quite, quite proud of that one. Yeah. Alright, and then... I should, really should have numbered these. This is terrible on should've. my part. Um, is that me on the next one? Sure. I would love a Dennis Rodman biography. 
I would love a Dennis Rodman biography. I've read one of his books. I think it's Bad As I Want to Be. How was that? Just fucking madness. It's exactly what you would think a Dennis Rodman yeah, book would okay. be. Like, And this was published, I want to say, when he was still playing. And it was like right when he was done with his second three or with his uh, run with the Bulls. Okay. So it was around that time. Yeah. Might have even been when he was still with the Bulls, honestly. Sure. I mean, the dude, like, he's like posing like naked on, on yeah, the Yeah, he cover. was a rock star then. Yeah, like rock star Dennis Who was he Rahman. married to? Uh, Madonna, maybe? Might be Madonna. Uh, it just sounds right. right? It, it, does, it, it just it sounds does, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. Oh. I yeah. thought she was an actress, though. Oh, Carmen Electra. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But Dennis Rodman's another guy that has led a, just an f- incredible life. Like, you, it's a life that you really cannot make up. His book is just absolute just madness. It's pretty much like if Alice in Wonderland featured a 6'9", like, tattooed, cross-dressing dude. It's pretty much what the book was like. <laughs> is this better as a movie? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know if you could fit all that in a movie. That's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. Because especially if you're going to go with from the Bad Boys days, too. It's a lot of stuff. And the Bad Boys, I feel like, are a big part of the, the story. I mean, you could, if you wanted to do this, you could do the movie, but you would have to start it in Dallas. That's what movie- or, or in San Antonio. When, so, when he's with the Spurs. A lot of times, movies, when they do a... a- when they adapt a biography or something, they focus on a very narrow period of time. Yeah. Like, for example, the the one, the, the movie about Abraham Lincoln that Spielberg did, they took this biography of Abraham Lincoln, but it's really only focused on, like, his last three months of life. Right. So if you were to do, De- if you were to, do, using this premise, if you were to do Dennis, which, like, hy- hyper-specific period of time are you focusing on with Dennis? I mean, if you're going for, like, just entertainment value, because you can make, like, a fucking, like, Wolf of Wall Street type of movie if you just start from, like, like, okay, here we go. So, the, I think the credits, like, the beginning, like, Warner Bros. Studio or whatever shows on screen, and then, like, camera flashes on, it's the middle of the game. You just see, like, Dennis with his hair dyed green, San Antonio, black jersey, sitting there just, like, Pretty much ignoring a coach, like the coach that's talking, he just like takes his because there's the one game where he famously like takes his shoes off or whatever. Yeah. And you just start, you start with that scene, right? And then you just go, you kind of try, you can kind of weave in like a little bit of Bad Boys, a little bit of Detroit, a little bit of his upbringing. Okay. Throughout the movie. Yes. But you go from basically San Antonio all the way to the Utah series. So Maybe see, even a little more. So I see this as a Wolf of Wall Street, yes, slash Goodfellas, mm-hmm. slash I Tanya. So it's gonna AKA be some, where is Martin Scorsese? Yeah, we're Scorsese shit. on this. We're <laughs> breaking the fourth wall. We're gonna have him talk to the camera. Oh, all the time. Yep, you know it. Just wow. a lot of just drinking, partying, sex, and everything in between, and basketball. And yeah, you get you get some awesome character like the Phil Jackson character could be phenomenal. Yes, it could. In that kind of in that kind of especially with Martin Scorsese directing it, like yeah. good, good lord, oh man, you can get Leo will somehow find his way in there. You know, it'll be lit. <laughs> Who's Leo gonna be? Ah oh, man, Steve Kerr. <laughs> no, Leo's gonna put on a fat suit and play the Chicago GM. What's his name? Jerry Krause. Yes. 
Please, God, let that happen. Oh, my. I want that so bad. I don't know if I ever want it. No, that's going to end up being Paul Giamatti, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen there. Maybe Leo could go old and play Phil. Oh. Is he tall enough? No. No. I mean, Leo's like six foot and camera angles and shit. You know what I'm saying? You would have to camera angle the fuck out of that. (laughs) We got special effects for these kind of things, man. Oh, man. Uh... So yeah, the Dennis Rodman. I'm so now. Nah, I've totally talked. I'm hype about this. I've been talking to the Dennis Rodman movie. Someone needs to make that happen. Worst comes the worst, man. Yeah. Just give us a documentary. Uh, talk about just the wild and crazy life of Dennis Rodman. Sure. Oh my God. And then yeah. Oh, so for the movie, the movie would have to end with the Hall of Fame speech. I think. Okay. I think. Either that or him be best friends with you know, I don't know. Nah, we'll end it at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, let's... We'll at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea. Yep. Yeah, I might have to write that movie. I think you should. I might have to write that movie. Somebody, yo, let's start a GoFundMe. Let's, hey, fans of the blog, start a GoFundMe so I can write this Dennis Rodman movie. Absolutely. It's about to be fucking crazy. Uh, same, same, but different. Mm-hmm. My next one is Phil Jackson. Okay. So take his books. Okay. This might have to be a series. Oh man, Jesus! And I want it so to be—I so want this to be weird too. I want it. I want like like across the universe. Yes, type weird. yes. Okay, absolutely across the universe type of stuff. Yeah, we need the peyote. So much peyote. We need. I want like visions of the triangle offense dancing in his head. Oh man, and it's like drawn out in like neon, like lasers or yep. some crazy shit. While Pink Floyd is playing. Sir, you might be, yeah, this might, so wait, is this a movie or Netflix this might series? Be a, I think this is a Netflix series Netflix because series. you got like Nick's Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. him messing around in like Latin America, oh, yeah, right? Puerto Rico, yeah. What? <laughs> what? Oh my God, that could be like half a season right there. And then the Bulls. Yeah, Bulls, Lakers. Lakers. Two times. Two times. Yeah. Knicks. Knicks again. Oh my gosh. I'm actually super on board for Phil, Phil Jackson, Jackson Netflix series. Phil Jackson Netflix series. I think we could talk Leo into doing that too. First mm-hmm. he does the Dennis movie mm-hmm. and then it spins off. Yeah, that's his character he's going to play for a while. Hey man, Leo's he's been waiting for that iconic role. This is, it. <laughs> this is the one he's been waiting for. Yeah. Oh man, who else could we fall back on for Phil though? If that doesn't work, I don't know. I don't know. Tall... You need, like, a tall... You need, like, Ted Dancer for, like, older Phil. Wow. <laughs> you need um, Tom Skerritt. Oh, Tom Skerritt, yeah. That would be perfect. You need... <laughs> that would be perfect. But you need somebody... You need someone in that, like, in-between stage so that you can go... Yeah. Go from young Phil to old Phil. I don't know, man. I'm gonna literally be up all night trying to figure this out. I'm down. Oh, God. Um, where are we at? That was my four. Um, a documentary on the 2008-2010 Lakers-Celtics rivalry. Sure. Yeah. But, again, the, kind of the running theme of this, huge cast of characters. A lot of characters involved. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's interesting how nobody really talks about that in the whole 
like grand scheme of the Lakers Celtics rivalry. It just kind of like stops with Larry and Magic, and I get why people do that, but it's like it's not like these guys just played one time and then it was over. You know, there was like a three to four year stretch where both teams were championship competitors, had kind of like what we talked about in the last podcast, the last remnants or guardians of the '90s era, or yeah, you know that era, or whatever. Um, and like they were good. I mean, like one of the series went to a game seven. You know, it's like I feel like yeah, that that's a, an important part of basketball history, especially in the Lakers Celtics, right? In the most storied rivalry in in the in sports, you know, mm-hmm. arguably. So yeah, man, let's let's make that. That okay. probably was is a little lower on the list. I'm courier enthusiasm is probably better than that's that. That's gotta be up. Yeah, Dennis is higher. Dennis is higher. I'm so hyped on this Dennis yeah, Rodman movie. Too. I'm actually gonna start writing that shit. Like, Support you completely. Oh god, that GoFundMe guys, let's get it going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any thoughts on Lakers Celtics? Cool. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. My three is the San Antonio Spurs, the okay. Popovich era of the Spurs. Okay. So now this is where we can do some quiet talk. Okay. But I want to. I think you would start. Because he's been there forever. He was an assistant there for a while, too. Yeah, he's been there for over 20 years. Yeah. So, sure. I'd like, you would have to have the Admiral in there. The draft of Tim. You would then, you could talk about your lockout. Yeah. Your 99 lockout. Your Manus. Your Tonys. You could then get into, like, your Sean Elliott's. You could get into your... Um, Vinny Del Negro should show up. Like, there's... there's yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's... Did you say Avery already? I did not say Avery. Put Avery in there, too. There's a lot of... I mean, there would be a lot of people willing, I think, to speak about the San Antonio Spurs. And my... I almost thought of the Spurs as my money ball idea mm-hmm. as well. Cause like a movie? How's, yeah. How's this... Or a doc. Maybe this is a doc. But, like how this a, the basketball team in San Antonio, Texas and it's the only gig in town is right. is like has sustained excellence for uh, two decades. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like a movie that kind of as far as like the way the time works cuz yeah, how do you cover cuz I don't um, think this is fun enough to be a movie. I don't think so. I either. think this is super informative. Yeah. And I want I want all these guys like talking. I want interviews. It'd be this would be like a nice sit down, learn some things documentary. I think mini series maybe. Maybe because I don't know. I feel like that's like twenty years is a lot to cover in like just a twenty hour. years is a lot in an hour. Yes, and there's like distinct eras too. There you is. know, there's distinct eras. There's like you said, like a whole cast of characters. There's, I mean, guy, you know, they win their first title beating Latrell Sprewell, Marcus Camby, and Allen Houston, and they win their last title beating Le- uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, there, like to give lot. you an idea of just like how right. radical, like even those two errors are, even mm-hmm. and even that middle section that weaves in with that seven seconds or less era. Yeah. Um. Which I again I think I think the Spurs are fun in a movie sense if they're like a a character like the the whole team is just a character mm-hmm. rather than the subject of the movie and that's what it would have to be yeah. it's about this like what is Spurs basketball right 
So you think it's more about like the philosophy of the, like what what made the Spurs are like? Is it about is the documentary about their run and what made them so excellent and the players so excellent and the coach so excellent, or is it like the philosophical? You know, like is it is it people within the organization talking about the Spurs, or is it people outside of the organization talking about the Spurs? I think it's people within. Okay. I think it's all so these... that's what's propelling the yeah. story. Yeah, and like we, you know, there's those there's times where like Popovich, like Popovich keeps close tabs. Like once you play for the Spurs, you're part of the Spurs family. Yeah, it's very much this like family dynamic. And it, for all these years, and this is working into some quiet talk. Okay. For all these years, it seems like the Spurs have worked because you had people who were willing to buy into it. Mm-hmm. For ever since, I think David Robinson probably sets the standard of that. Yeah. And for all these years, you have these guys believing in like the image of David Robinson plus Popovich, of course. And then Tim Duncan really yeah. embodies that as well. So, if we're doing this doc... Do we have to wait because the Demar Spurs era is going to be a thing? Are, we, like, are we burying the Spurs? Also, like, might make them kind of better. Honestly, they might make them better. I don't know, like, because Pop and Demar have that Olympic connection. Sure. So it's not like they're complete strangers. Um, you know, I mean, shit, like. Honestly, I think the one that Pop's going to have the most fun with is Portal. Like, I think yeah, he's going to have a blast too. with him. Yeah. yeah. But also, too, this is also, like, um, I know this point's been brought up. This is going to be, like, kind of the last stand for Pop. Like, this is probably, like, he's, like, a lot of people are saying 2020 is going to be the, you know, where he decides to hang it up and close the door. And who knows what will happen once, she, once he actually gets to that point. But... There is that possibility that they do win another championship, you know, between now and, and then. Is it, like, super possible? Like, not really, but, you know, it's possible. The window is, is this trade keeps the window ajar. You wouldn't rule it out. No. Yeah, you wouldn't rule it out. Crazier things have definitely happened. And it certainly lines up with DeMar's contract situation. Yep. That it would coincide with Pop leaving, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it 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 gives them some life here yeah. for the next three seasons. Yeah, and also I mean another something that's kind of uh, now that Kawhi's happened for sure, but another thing that happened early in the summer is Tony Parker signing as a free agent. Yes. So he didn't demand a trade; he chose to leave, which is interesting. You see Pop's comments on that? Yeah, he was very cordial and like said it's a good opportunity for Tony Parker yeah. and. All, all those love things. watching him grow up and all this stuff but yeah. it's like you know he even had a sense of i pop had a sense of urgency i think he was like we got to get some guys we got to get uh murray yeah we got we got to get some guys some like reps some minutes here yeah i think he's he's wanting he's sensing like i gotta if i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with these younger guys yeah i so we'll maybe hold off on the Spurs because this isn't a nice little piece that we could add to it. Yeah, and the Spurs is like, you know, like we don't really have DVDs anymore, but this is like a box set type of like documentary. Yeah. I, I could see like multi-part. You can honestly, you could probably do, if you wanted to, like do a, a few hours on the Spurs. You can do like a solid five-hour series. You could Ken Burns this. Yeah. 
not literally Ken Burns. Not literally. But yeah. <laughs> you could Ken Burns style something like this. Yeah. Because the you would do, I think if it's well done, the Spurs are, like you said, I think the Spurs are existing while so much else is going on in basketball. So it would be really interesting to look at like how this organization is remaining tight as mm-hmm. things are evolving around them. How they kind of evolve too. Yeah. And it's... It's kind of interesting to see now, too. It's like, are they kind of losing what made them the Spurs in the first place, you know? Yeah. There's that. Is there... The caretakers of the Spurs' identity. Yeah. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge has not been that. No. And a lot of these changes, too, kind of started to happen when they brought him in because, like, what free agents willingly went to San Antonio before that? He was the first one, and it yeah. hasn't worked for him, so that's kind of thrown yeah. up the rest. Well, like, now, it's worked out now, you know, and, like... Yeah. But there, better, yeah. there was that moment, though, where, like, things kind of started to look fragmented, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, I think... So... Like... Is that is that the type of documentary where you ended on the the happy note where you you? I guess if I'm thinking of a Spurs documentary, honestly, I'm thinking like, start with like, Dave, David Robinson, maybe like, his MVP season because I don't think Pop was there yet. He might have been an assistant. He might have been an assistant. Okay. So you can start like early '90s, we'll say. Yeah. And then I think it's got to end with Tim. It ends with them beating the Heat. No, 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 no. Like, um, the Tim retiring. 2016. Okay. Yeah, 2016. That last, um, that last game, because that is kind of like a cool, like you know, Kobe dropping 60 in his last game was pretty cool. But like, Tim Duncan playing the whole fourth quarter of his last game and just like, just giving it all he's got for like one last time. You know, that was kind of a cool. And like him and Pop have that moment. Yeah. Like that's kind of cool. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, it is kind of a wait and see moment though, because you still got Ma- uh, Mano too doing. Yeah. Still out here doing his thing. Yes. He kind of the last last remnant of that. So hold on the Spurs. But Do you think he'll play until Pop retires? If Pop's it, deadline it is twenty twenty. Like it, it seems like the dude could still play. Dude, he's still like dunking on people. And, <laughs> and unlike Tony, it's not, and I'm not faulting Tony for this at all. Right. But unlike Tony, I think Manu's willing to be a 10th guy. Yeah. Like, occasionally, once every five games, he'll have, like, 15. A crazy Manu game. Yeah. yeah. And I think Manu's cool with that. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> right. And, well, I, I guess I would have said the same thing about Tony. I can't imagine that guy in another uniform. Mm-hmm. But, like, Manu's so San Antonio Spurs. Absolutely. Scream San Antonio Spurs to me. Absolutely. Also, I'd be, just for the record, if it was going to be a movie, uh, super down for Gary Oldman to put on some prosthetics and be <laughs> Coach Popovich. <laughs> yeah. Super on board for that. That would be cool. Heck, he was Winston Churchill. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, the same guy, Churchill, true, Popovich, yeah. right? They are very similar. I don't know. I wasn't too good at social studies, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, next one. Let's see. I already did Donaghy, did Mouse Palace. So I think I'm on my number two, right? Yeah, so this one is going to be... You're going to like this one. Ready. 
the Louisville scandal and the rise RJ and fall of Rick Pitino. Oh my, that's my number two. <laughs> yes, let's Thank go. Thank you so much for that. Let's go. I I knew like yeah. as soon as I like wrote it down, I was like, this is. And I, I think I texted you, You too. did text me. I was like, I'm pretty sure I just came up with something great. I'm pretty sure you have this And same. I knew in my mind, I was like, he's doing Rick Pitino. He's doing Rick Pitino. He's, Rick Pitino. <laughs> he's got to. All right, so Rick Pitino obviously is near and dear to your heart for obvious reasons. Yes. So what's, what is your perspective on what that documentary would look like or how would you want to do it? I This one, every part of his career is insane interesting. He wins, the, he goes to a Final Four at Providence with Billy Donovan. Right. That in itself is wild. That's kind of crazy. He's the coach of the Knicks for a second. I fucking forgot that. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> I forgot that. He, and then this is the one, this is like the subject of the Sports Century episode. There's a clip on YouTube. I gotta give a shout out to this clip that's like, I've, I, I've, I've watched this clip like probably over a hundred times in my life. It's, it's, um... It's him coming to Kentucky, like early Kentucky. And Kentucky at this point had been, um, they had gone through, a, almost got the death penalty bad, like, scandal sanctions. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they were, like, like couldn't. The not, fucking irony. It, 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 isn't it great? <laughs> what, what, what's old is new. Oh, the, God. Um, they, they were ineligible for the tournament for a couple of years, like, scholarships cut, all that. So Rick Pitino comes in, and he just embraces the full court press mm-hmm. and like shooting threes he's like we're only gonna press and shoot threes so you had you had and he had a bunch of like walk-ons and like guys who weren't very good but this the, these teams became so beloved in kentucky because like there were a bunch of like guys who weren't very good and everyone knew that but they were trying really hard and they were like in superb shape and right. like press shot threes press shot threes and he he rebuilds them he, he lands jamal mashburn's a huge recruit and then, then they, he starts to get really, really good, and, mm. and that's where he starts landing guys. And obviously, they become tournament eligible, wins a championship, right? Makes an, a couple more Final Fours as part of the greatest game ever, the Arizona game. Is that what you're referring uh, to? No, isn't it the Duke game? Okay, well, that that is literally the greatest game. Yeah, the yeah. Leitner shot. Yeah, yeah. That is an Elite Eight game. Oh, you're right. Which is so interesting about good that. Good call, yeah. Good call. I was thinking you were talking about, this is like an underrated game. Mm-hmm. His last game as the coach at Kentucky in 1997. Is that going Kentucky, against, Arizona like, goes like into Stoudemire? overtime. No, that is... Oh, is No. No, it's Bibby. Bibby. Miles yeah. Simon. Yeah, I want to say team. Gilbert's a bench player on that team. Arenas? Yes. No. No, okay. Gilbert's later. Gilbert's like Richard Jefferson. Okay, there's one other guy. There's, it, it's Bibby, though, is like the, yeah, yeah. Bibby's the, the, the stud guy. of that team. Right. And that game goes into overtime. It's, a, it's like an underrated good basketball game. From there, he obviously goes to the Celtics. Oh, God. Then he goes to Louisville. <laughs> and then, like you said, rise and fall of Louisville. Mm. Does a lot. Wins a title. Wins it's a great. Title. Yep. Gets a banner taken down. Oh. And then just falls off a cliff. So there is so much there here, man. So much to unpack in that Louisville scandal. <laughs> like, there is everything to unpack in this Louisville scandal. And it's like, so uh, what if, if it was a thirty for thirty? I think the bet the model for it is the the USC one. That is a good one because it's it's more it's a similar story. But instead of uh, a Heisman Trophy getting taken away, they get the whole title yeah, taken away, which hadn't right. happened. That hadn't happened yet, right? 
I, at least, I think at least not in basketball. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not in any college sport. It, Nobody's actually had a title taken huge, away yet. Huge, huge deal. Yeah. OJ fucking killed somebody and no titles were taken away. So, Whoa. allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. But, yeah, so you got prostitution scandal. Yep. You got numerous, uh, you got, yeah, like I said, a whole banner getting taken down. Yep. You have, like, really just an entire coaching legacy, like, that now has this, like, weird moral, like, dilemma around it where it's, It's like, weird. Yeah, you don't really know how to talk about Rick Pitino anymore, whether or not to take him seriously. All the weird stuff he's been doing since then. Yeah. Like, definitely kind of a man of, like, a guilty conscience kind of, like... But will never admit it. But will never admit it, right? Like, it's a weird thing. So, I think if you do the doc... I think all the backstory is super important. Yeah. But I think the if you do the doc, you got to just keep it central on, I think, the Louisville time. So you can include all the Louisville stuff, like the championship. Yeah. All the success going into that. But I think that in and of itself. I mean, even another good 30 for 30 that could kind of be a model for this one is the Duke lacrosse one. Interesting. Yeah, I think it could be kind of the same sort of almost investigative, model. like kind of like outside the line on steroids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm okay with focusing on because Louisville. the the thing about that one too that's interesting is there's a lot of like, you know, the NCAA is not exactly you know a, a reliable sort. Like you know they're what? not the most trustworthy. No, <laughs> I know, right? Crazy. So, but it, that was like one of those weird stories where there were so many different sides and so many different stories and rumors and you never, you almost never knew what was true and what actually wasn't. And so that can make like a pretty fascinating documentary in that sense from an investigative standpoint. I, yeah, it, I do, for the record, I want to say even with, let's say things like, let's say all falls apart doesn't happen. Right. The Rick Pitino doc would still be very interesting. I agree. Go with given given everything, but I do like I do like the man's own. done uh, without so without the the Louisville aspect of it. I think it's very similar to the Larry Brown doc. Yeah. Again, it's just another lifer. Yeah. That crossed paths with so many different people. He's done NBA. He's done college. The Louisville scandal in itself is worthy of a doc. Yeah. It's we gotta we gotta get to the bottom of this. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. And so I would be, here's how I would do it. I would be super down for like the outside the lines investigative, like, you know, uh, we'll really dig deep into the facts and try to decipher what is true and what is rumor or story, whatever. Yeah. I'm also down for the guys from One Shining Pod. Just like, you know, those documentaries where it's like, I'm off, I'm off on a journey to find out the truth. And they just go around talking to different people. Okay. So <laughs> this is going to be like, um, serial. Yeah, a podcast like docu series. Oh no no no! I mean like an actual. Oh, like, you want to? Okay, but it's just the guys from One Shining. I want the pod. guys from One Shining the Pod to do a podcast like serial yes. style podcast investigative. Investigative. <laughs> yeah. With their super best journalism that yeah. they can. I'm down. Shout out to y'all. All right. I, so, and for the record, you and I did not discuss these prior to recording. No. So our number twos line up completely. Yep. We've had some good crossover. I am ecstatic to hear of our ones crossover because i want to say preface this this was the clear number one for me okay me too it was like there has to be how has there not the Mm -hmm. time has come for this okay 
Do you want to go first? I want you to go first. 96 draft. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn, I'm so anticlimactic. <laughs> no. That is a good dra- That is a good doc, though. I mean. So here's how. Hit I'll, me with it. There's- I'll hit you with it before I let you cook on yours, man. Okay. Uh, so how I would how I would do it is you look at the 1996 draft class. It's iconic for numerous reasons, but the whole cast of characters and of memorable players is insane. One of the most loaded draft ever's, and so I just said ever, so it was weird. It's all but anyways, um, how I would do it though is instead of like kind of going, you know, um, you know how like a lot of docs how they follow like if they do like a draft documentary, they'll follow like players like all the way through their like career kind of or like follow players through extended parts of their career and yeah. then go to like another player and then maybe come back to that other player. Yes, you know. So I think the way that you do it is you you go through kind of like year by year kind of. It kind of okay. just see because the interesting thing about the 96 draft or the thing that stands out to me the most is the guys that ended up winning, you know, the most MVPs and the most titles like got off to the slow start. Yeah. You know, and the guys that got off to a hot hot start, they're the ones that fell off the quickest. You know what I'm saying? So you got like, you know, Iverson's the number one pick of that draft. Uh, Marcus Camby's number two. Um, you know, then you got like I think Antoine Walker, Stephon Marbury, yeah, Antoine yeah. Walker, Ray Allen. Um, I might have gotten Ray Allen and Antoine Walker mixed up, but you know, you got guys like Antoine Walker, Stephon Marbury, um, that get off to the, like super hot starts in their career and they're like on fire, yeah. And then they go on, on to have these like you know, while Nash and Kobe and Ray Allen are really hitting their strides and having these extended primes and things like that. And even Iverson fits in with that first group too. You know, while Nash, Allen, and uh, Kobe are having these extended primes, then and even Jermaine O'Neal kind of even is having this extended prime. Like, Stephon Marbury is, like, in China. Antoine Walker is, like, broke. Like, you know, uh, Marcus Camby is, like, you know, not really relevant and not playing anymore. It's, like... It's kind of crazy, like, the ebb and flow of those stories and yeah. how they kind of all intertwine, you know. And yep. even you got Ray Allen and Kobe Bryant playing each other in the finals twice. You got, you know. Have you, so, two templates for this. Yeah. Have you seen the Brady Six? Yeah. So, the Brady Six is one. Yeah. It's like they go through all the guys there, quarterbacks that were picked before Brady. Right. There's six of them. And then the other one that this sounds almost exactly like is the 84 NFL Draft. I haven't seen that one. This one's good. So it's the year, it's the quarterback class of, and they just, this came to my mind because they just had Jim Kelly at the ESPYs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Elway, oh, Marino, yeah. and Jim Kelly. But then there's like, but they did a cool job of like going pick by pick with it. So they start with Elway. And they, um, oh, they, is that Elway to Marino? Is that what that one's called? Yes. Yeah, okay, I have seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one is cool. Yeah, so th- they do it almost exactly like that. Right. So they start, they cook on LA. They, you know, for, there's a couple guys they, like, give, like, one quick mention to, or right. maybe, like, a couple other guys who's like, oh, he was, like, a two-time Pro Bowler. Right. And then, like, they cook on Jim Kelly for a bit, and they cook on Marino, mm-hmm. who's later, because of his, he had some injury right. in college. But, like, there's an, this one would be a cooler version of that, because other I, there's more than three. Mm. There's three notable guys from that draft. Yeah, that became Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This one, there's how many there's future three, slash current Hall of Famers? Three MVPs, 
there's four, three or four champions. Because mm-hmm. Maki Walker is also in that track. Maki Walker. <laughs> I think he gives a chip. Um, so maybe, okay, maybe not a docu. I think this one would actually be a good documentary series. Okay. And, it, and each episode is a season. Oh, so you're going like how they were in their rookie year, how they were. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So you go That'd like fun. Ninety six and ninety seven. You know. Like that shakes you, up the template. That'd yeah, be because it's like on one end you got because when you look at that driver, you're like, okay, Kobe Bryant, duh, that's the obvious one. C Nash, duh, that's like a, the obvious one. Iverson, duh, that's an obvious one. But it's like when you look at the first four or five years of Kobe and Nash's career, like they weren't playing. Nash was like Kobe wasn't playing. Nash was injured. Um, you know, meanwhile Ray Allen and and Allen Iverson are setting the league on fire. Stuff on Marbury was crazy good. Um, even like Antoine Walker in Boston with the Celtics, like, you know, so you can kind of see, like, you can kind of relive it in real time of like what these guys' careers were actually like. Yes. Versus, you know, what, just looking back on it and just being like, yeah, Kobe, Nash, uh, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, like, you know, there's other guys, like you said, in that draft that, you know, were all stars at one point or another. Yep. Um, that, you know, kind of get to, you know, re- maybe, you know, you get to kind of see in that time when maybe there was a time where they were more, better than, than Steve Nash or better than Kobe Bryant, you know, and at least the league perspective was different, you know. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, that draft. It's crazy. And it's, it, we're far enough along with that. It's, it's, it's time to give them their due. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Full support. Appreciate it. Not a letdown. No, a, very, a, a very nice suggestion. Appreciate that. Yeah, my number one, and I'm just I'm concerned that it's been done, but I also don't think it's been done because I think it's been buried. And context for this, this is um I may have to if if you haven't watched this I'm we're gonna, I'm going to make you watch this after we're done recording. There's okay. a, there's like a a really bad YouTube. I don't want to say it's bad. It's just like shout out to the fact it's from like the the mid two thousands. So it's, so it's, it's like very mid two thousands. Like the, the the video editing is like not. It's very mid two thousands. I don't want to say it's bad. Right. But it's by this guy named NFL Ranking is the username, and it's called the greatest tragedy in sports. Oh God. <laughs> yes. I know. I know what this is. Yeah. What is the greatest tragedy in sports, RJ? Ah. Uh... Greatest tragedy of sports is that Chris Bosh can't play basketball anymore. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that might actually be the greatest tragedy in sports. That is a sad one. What is NFL ranking referring to when he says um, the greatest tragedy in sports? Oh, shit. This is why you brought Tim Donahue earlier. I did. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly, game six of the Western Conference Finals in 2002 uh, between two Los a- or two California teams. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> was uh, allegedly fixed. Um and yeah, you know what? Yeah, I could say that that officiating was uh shoddy. It's very poor. It was, it was downright atrocious. It was really bad. <laughs> we need a game by game breakdown <laughs> yeah. of this series. It's, so it's the doc would be every yeah. game of the series with obvious particular focus on game 6, but game 4 as well. Game 4. Game seven too, it's and pretty, game seven as well. Pretty pivotal. There's it, and I, I want this guy, this YouTube guy who mm. this who made this. I wanted to be like, because he, this guy literally took the music from Oliver Stone's JFK, 
<laughs> when the Kevin Costner character is presenting the like conspiracy evidence, right? Like back to the left, back into the left. He takes the same music to go through like all the all the fouls and yeah. all the not fouls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so it's no. so awesome. Hands down, when when Kobe's shirt off, straight up just bows Bibby in the face and the fouls on Bibby. I, RJ, I'm gonna show this to you after we. And, that was, and that link, was pretty atrocious. Links, <laughs> pretty bad. Links should be provided also, but like. He, he, like, it lines up with the music perfectly. Yeah. Where there's, like, a, like, ah, there's yeah, a reaction. Yeah. He, like, goes back and rewinds, backs and rewinds. And it's so perfect. So I want, we got to find this YouTuber NFL ranking. We got to just really. We'll, we'll start a GoFundMe for him, too. Yeah. And I think he, he tried to update it. Oh, word. But, like, there's some, obviously, copyright I'm, stuff. I'm sure David Stern yeah, but jumped like, on that like a fucking library. But this guy also, like, I'm telling you, the original like multi-part series that he had because he went like back basically his whole thing was like the nba is corrupt so like his like episode one was like the the, another topic Mm -hmm. would be the the 84 frozen envelope oh like low-key when i was putting together this list i was like a whole series of just conspiracy yeah frozen conspiracy train 2001 yeah jordan gambling like it's a lot of, yeah. I'll go down the conspiracy train with you. That'd be fun, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I was thinking of, uh, oh, what's another great conspiracy? Um, like the Anthony Dave, like the whole NBA running the Hornets thing was weird. That was weird. A lot of weird stuff happened during that. That was super weird. A lot of interesting stuff happened. Um, let's see, the 2006 finals. Also weird. Not great. We, you're... <laughs> Your Pat Riley single camera, <laughs> just him talking. Yo, just Pat Riley in a dark room. Just That's all I want. Getting hammered. One camera. Yeah, one camera. Yeah. Like, interviewer talking off camera. You don't even need an interviewer. And Pat, and Pat just cooking. What's the model I think you just need, you just um, need, like, a primer. You just need Pat to just, like, it just fades in and Pat is already mid-sentence just talking. Just, like... Talking with his hands, super gregarious, like just doing Pat Riley. Yeah, stuff. I want him. I don't know if he smokes. Oh, I don't know why, but I just assume I'm assuming a he smokes. Yeah. Apologies to Pat Riley if you don't smoke, but yeah. I'm assuming you smoke. Yeah. You you played for Adolph Rupp. You probably smoke. And. Anyways. So, I just want him like occasionally like lighting a cig yeah taking a couple puffs and then just like yeah going on about alonzo morning yeah just waxing poetic about magic johnson for like an hour yeah like after reading soul of basketball that i don't think there's anything i want more in the world than just pat riley just cooking for like three hours like i agree i I will sit down and just enjoy every single minute of that um was there anything you feel like we might have missed as far as potential stories to cover we came up with some i think some great ideas yeah that dennis Rodman. dennis Rodman is gonna be great <laughs> that's gonna be great that might be the one we take from this yeah I, I'm, I'm also I'm gonna, gonna work on that you take that i'll take my 2002 western conference finals project okay and we'll we'll, we'll get to work we'll and hit the lab with that yeah um yeah the for the listeners of the pod feel free to definitely chime in if you um, you know, feel free to comment on stories we might have should have covered. Um, like I said, if you want to start a GoFundMe to fund some of these projects we got, 
um, hey, or if you're just a really, you know, um, artistic person or know how to make documentaries and shit, you know, make a make a doc for us. Let's make it happen. I'm down to do more lists like this, yeah. like in the summer. So if you have ideas for things we need to list out, yep. top tens, hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, so you know where to find us, shortsandgoggles.squarespace.com. RJ Liggins, Kevin Reed. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Shorts Goggles Pod. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Shorts Goggles RJ. Kevin. Yikes, I forget what my Twitter handle is. Apologies. Yep. Well, you can find him I maybe. Find <laughs> yeah. him there. Somewhere. Um, yeah, so you can follow us, check out the blog. We'll try to get some get some more posts up throughout the summer. And yeah, we out. Peace.